Welcome once again, everybody, to the Collar and Elbow Wrestling Podcast, brought to you by Six Star Productions. I am your co-host, Kenny Oak, joined with the other co-host, Chris Harris. Bubs, one question for you. How are you doing tonight? Well, that's a good question. Wasn't ready for that one. Yes. Out of nowhere. Yes. Field Nailed it. Very good of you. Nailed it. Big of fun. course, I'm excited to talk wrestling with you once again. We got a great show, an exciting show tonight. Not just your average recap can I show tell them what or it's anything. About? You can. Not not gonna steal yes. it. But not your average yes. recap show or prediction show, but we're gonna get into some history here tonight. Yes, we are talking the Royal Rumble. Yes, we're on the road to WrestleMania, and there's no bigger roadblock, no pun intended, than the Royal Rumble. And, Bubs, it is by far one of the most uh, important matches of the year. It's one of the biggest pay-per-views. It's definitely the first of the big four uh, in the calendar year. And, man, am I always excited for the Royal Rumble. They say that the Rumble is the actual road to WrestleMania, but you and I would say that the road has started a few weeks back, for sure, to lead up to the Royal Rumble event. But this is an exciting one. The match itself is always the most anticipated, I think, of the entire year, because there's always that question of who could come out, who could win, 30 people, 40 people one well, time. 40, yeah. Yeah, we'll go back a few years for that one. But um, this one's exciting. It's always entertaining to watch. And I think everybody, everyone likes to watch this one because there's always the what-if factor in it. Yes, absolutely. And what I'm really excited about uh, in this episode is that we're going to go – we're going to dig deep into the archives. And we're going to be talking about our top five favorite Royal Rumble matches. Not pay-per-views, just the Royal Rumble match itself is what we're talking about tonight. Um and man, the, the Royal Rumble has seen a lot of changes uh, in its in its infancy. You know, it really took a while to gain its footing, get some traction. Uh, it wasn't until they started adding the stipulation of the uh, winner getting a match at Royal Rumble in the main event for the WWFE title uh, that it really started to grab a hold and became the event that it is every year. Yeah, in the beginning, it was very much just um, another entertaining match. It really didn't mean anything way back when when our boy, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, won it back in 88. Mm, I, I wouldn't say it's, it's our boy. But he's, okay. a, he's our boy. He's a, he's a fan of the page. We like he, him. Is he? No, but he's okay. a fan of us. <laughs> is he? <laughs> so, but to, to think of a name like Jim Duggan, like he's the guy that won it first, right? But after that... yeah. Big John Studd. Yeah, after that, you get a, it's mostly major names, or at least guys that we think of now at this point, that always win the Rumble. Make it like WrestleMania headliners for the most part. Most of these guys were, or at least they right. were used in this aspect to, to win and then springboard themselves to something bigger. Someone like Sheamus did that, He's who's had a great resume yeah. over, the, and, over the last few years. And the Royal Rumble, I think, really because you know the first couple winners, you know, like we already mentioned, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Big John Studd. Uh, the the Royal Rumble was just this; it was just a glorified battle royal. That's it. Nothing really at stake. Uh, but really, when they started not only adding the stipulation 
uh, that we mentioned earlier that all of you who are listening know what that stipulation is. But when Hulk Hogan started winning the Royal Rumble, Ric Flair wins the Royal Rumble. That's when it took off. That's when you knew that WWE was really putting everything behind it. You know, the hype train is always conducted by Hulk Hogan. Yeah. So he, him winning is what really, I feel, springboarded the Royal Rumble into the consciousness of a wrestling fan. And probably a good decision way back in 1990-91 for Vince to make Hogan the winner because at the time there's no bigger face in wrestling than Hulk Hogan at that time. So use him, if you can, to put some to get some eyes, to get some spotlight on this match and make it realize that it's he wants it to be something. And now we're talking 28 years later now at this point. Now we all pay attention to the Rumble every year because we don't. you never know who's going to win. You, you always have an inkling like, oh, this guy could win or this guy should win, a la Daniel Bryan. But they pull they pull the, the wool over on us and it's somebody else. They give you blue tista. Yeah. So since uh, I think we should – that's one of the things I think was well-booked for Hogan. We, we always have our qualms with Hogan, I think, more so in the ring. But um, overbooking, not necessarily the case back then in 1991, make him and making him well, the problem. fans winner. loved it. Like there was oh, no – yeah, there was no getting around that as much as, you know, we can go back and watch it objectively and we can say, wow, I can't believe Hogan kept winning. Mm. You know, how could they keep having Hogan win? But listen to the crowd. The crowd yeah. tells it all. The crowd was solidly behind Hogan always at this time. Yeah. And so there was no other way to go but Hulk Hogan. Yeah. And since then we get younger guys to get the chance to win and really – boost their careers this the perfect example example is Shawn michaels he wasn't two a, years in a he row. wasn't uh he wasn't the star yet in 95 but him coming in at number one going all the way to the end and winning it and then he won a course again the next year like you said this was the the start of his peak of his career which lasted years after this not counting his injury years but he became the star based on this groundwork here and that's one thing that I love about the Royal Rumble. And it's one thing that you'll notice no matter what year you go back and watch the Rumble, WWE really uses it to kind of build up a new star. They're not yeah. going to win, but they're going to have a great showing. Like in 1996, uh, I believe it was 96, yes, Hunter Hearst Helmsley starts at one and goes all the way until like the final five or four or something like that. Uh, recently, you when Rusev made his debut at the yeah. Royal Rumble, he had a great showing. It's just, it's the perfect way to showcase new talent or mm -hmm. get someone that you want to start getting over. You know, having giving them a strong performance. Hell, Roman Reigns in 2014, that would have been the best time to to have him win the Rumble because the crowd was eating him up. Yeah. He he was eliminating people left and right. He set the record or tied the record for, uh, with he Kane. Broke, he broke Kane's record. Okay. And the crowd loved it. The crowd was was hot for yep. a Roman Reigns win. And, you know, if they couldn't get Daniel Bryan, shoot, they wanted someone from the Shield. Yeah. But then we got Bautista instead. Well, thank you. They, they, fixed the, they fixed the WrestleMania main event for you after that, though. So don't don't worry. It did, it did come back yes, around. Yes, they did. Booking I fixed, was but, uh, but a lot of this... I mean, the, the key point of winning the Rumble, right, is you get your chance at WrestleMania. So you showcase yourself or your ability in the Rumble match, either going 
an hour and losing, which people respect, and you get a lot of you can turn a, a guy face doing that. Chris or Jericho, have, or you have a guy end up winning it, and he gets his his perfect moment at WrestleMania, and it, it kind of Stone kinda, Cold it, Steve Austin. It climaxes. It happened to Austin. It happened to Benoit. It happened to Rey Mysterio. And Ray's push was also for other reasons, but nevertheless, he was still successful in doing this. And I look at I look at the Austin one, I look at the Chris Benoit one, those ones specifically as a guy who went through the rumble, did a lot of hard work. Benoit came in at number one, only second guy to ever do it. Even though even and we though never hear about it. Two. You'll never talk about it. But yeah. then he gets to to peak in main event WrestleMania and win arguably the best triple threat match of all time. So you get young stars like Brock Lesnar. Brock won early in his career. I think it was the year before, 2002 or 2003. It was 2002 he won, I believe. Triple H is in there somewhere too. We need to look at that. No, 2003, Brock Lesnar. So yeah, 2003 Brock, because Stone Cold won 2001. Yeah, and, and then, then Triple H, H was 2002. So Brock and Brock was still young here. He he'd done a little bit here and there. He'd, I think he'd won a title by then. I think he beat The Rock prior to this. But he beat um, him at SummerSlam in 2002. Yeah, so he he'd won a title, but he was still not maybe the apex. He hadn't reached the the full climax yet of his young career. So they use that as a springboard. And he goes on, and I think that's the year he faces Kurt Angle. Yes. So it's a but great event. do you ever remember Brock Lesnar winning the Royal Rumble? I no, always I – every time someone brings up that he wins the Royal Rumble, I, I always go, oh, I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I, I, I forgot that he won the Royal Rumble. And I've actually gone back and watched that Rumble a few times because I'm like, no, there's no way he won the Rumble, right? Yeah. He did, and I don't know why it's not stuck in my consciousness. I don't know why I always question it, but I mean, clearly the 2003 Rumble doesn't make my list that we will go over here soon of our top five favorite Rumbles. Right. Uh, but yeah, for some reason, I just never remember that Brock Lesnar has won the Royal Rumble. I think a lot of these. These wins and the people that, that win them specifically, they they get they get lost because you're always going to remember, or at least we will, and a lot of the marks are going to remember Jim Jim Duggan because he won the first one. You're going to know that Shawn Michaels came in number one and went all the way. You're going to know that Austin won. You're going to know that all these main key headliners have had their their WrestleMania victory because it's a big resume thing. And there's not a lot of them, you know, historically. I think we're creeping up on the 31st one this year, so. There's not a lot of them to be had, and it's a very prestigious thing. But if the match was garbage, then you're gonna you're gonna forget it. If the whole pay per view was garbage, you just might forget it. So I rarely remember that Brock Lesnar won that year. I only remember that Triple H won the year before because that was his big comeback from his quad injury. Yeah, and there's not a lot of Wrestle uh, Royal Rumble 2001s out there. No, no as no. much as I love the Royal Rumble, there's been quite a few duds in there. Yeah. Like, I don't remember much of 2012 when Sheamus won. Um, the the 40-man Royal Rumble in 2011, it was interesting. It was a fun little gimmick match, and they brought a lot of legends back. But, yeah, didn't didn't really like it all that much. There was too much in there. A lot of people and, in that match, yeah. And a lot of the early to mid-90s weren't very good. 97, when Stone Cold won his first one, wasn't very good. No. Um, the Yoko 90, one is terrible, too. Yes. 99 was just all about Stone Cold and Vince McMahon. Like, there was no other outcome that it was going to be other than that, because that's all that... And the, the entire match centered around it. 
the entire match. That's all that they talked about. Yeah. So there's definitely quite a few duds in there, but the ones that were good, boy, they were pretty freaking good. Yeah. And you, sometimes you can see the writing on the walls in those. I think of the 99 one is what it was. It came down to Austin and the big boss man, I think is what it ends yeah. up being towards the end. And, and I then McMahon the was man. still in the match. Yeah, and, but the boss man has no has no business being in that position in a rumble. So you know he's not going to win it right. at that point. And Just then, like when it, Big Show's one of the last two. Yeah. You, you know, know he's, he's the one that's going to get eliminated. you damn right that the Big Show's never going <laughs> to get And he kind of should have won one. Him and Kane have never won. And I thought like – Kane, most, I really thought he was going to win that 2001 rumble. That was such a great rumble. That was good. That was it his was, best shot. He wrecked shop on that one. It's that, that one will be on my list just because we're talking about it so much. But uh, nevertheless, Bubs, we're getting the Rumble this year. Last year, surprising winner in my book was Randy. Still Ewan. didn't like it. I didn't, didn't think the Rumble was very good. I wasn't a huge fan of last year's, but I was. I did like the random, I guess, random's a good word for it, win by Randy Orton to kind of set up the, the breaking up of his participation, if you will, with the Wyatt family and Bray Wyatt, which I hated that whole fucking storyline. Cause Bray's I like the story. The story was good. It was, the story was there. I'm the execution the wasn't there. Wyatt. That's why, that's the yes. only reason I say that. I, I didn't, I didn't hate the winning, house of horrors match. I didn't think it was garbage. Bray Wyatt doesn't win the WWE championship. If Randy Orton doesn't win the Royal rumble. Hmm. That's fair Because Bray Wyatt wins at Hell in a Cell. Um, Elimination Chamber. Elimination Chamber, my bad. And you were there for yep. that. Tell, tell us about that moment when not only does Bray Wyatt win, but then Randy Orton comes out and just stands in the – I was absolutely marking out big pop for me the, uh, at that moment. The shitty part about seeing that, I went with a friend of mine, and he knew that I was a Bray Wyatt guy. And I was upset the whole night because they didn't have any Bray Wyatt merchandise to sell anywhere. Really? In, no, not in the entire arena. Went searching all around the concession stands. They had a whole bunch of Undertaker stuff. I don't know why. But, uh, yeah, of course I bought one. But, but um, the shitty part was that about a month after, I think it was a month or two after the Chamber was going to be WrestleMania. And I knew at that point, thinking how WWE logic works, that they would know at no way – trust Bray Wyatt to get a WrestleMania win and defense of the WWE title over Randy Orton yet in his career. So I knew at that point, okay, this is going to go to Mania. They're going to give Bray that match, but he's he has no chance of winning it. So I was I was immediately upset about that. Huge fan that he won. I loved that part, and the whole crowd ate it up. But um, I knew the outcome well before WrestleMania. A lot of us did, obviously. But But you have to think, Bray Wyatt at that time was only 29 years old. He's right. 30 right now. Mm-hmm. There's still so much time for Bray Wyatt. Sure. And the problem is Bray Wyatt as a character was thrust into the spotlight way too early. He is Fair. the perfect character to main event in the WWE. However, it just it it happened too early and he and and they went up against the Shield. Yeah. You know, Team Hell No. There were just so many main event guys that they went up against that Bray Wyatt's going to get overshadowed. Yeah. Like, you can't put him in the main event spot when you have these other more deserving, I mean, not more deserving, but more established uh, individuals. Right. So it's just, it's always been poor timing, I feel, for Bray Wyatt. It has. He's been used, and the whole Wyatt family was used to get other individuals over for their specific storylines. Daniel Bryan was put over huge in his 
Wyatt family uh, feud that he did against Bray. That was a great time for Daniel Bryan there. But it's never been Bray's time. Even even the WWE Championship might have been premature for him, honestly. I hate saying that because I love seeing it, but hopefully they kind of reestablish that. And I mean, I, don't, I have no I have no faith that he'll win the Rumble. <laughs> well, no. If they if they give that opportunity to win the Rumble to somebody who's who needs a gimmick restart or who just needs to be reset or needs that push back up to the top, this is what a match like this can do. And now you mentioned the name Rusev earlier, Bubs. Yes, he please. Is, he's please. It's hard to say he's the most over thing on SmackDown oh, because no. because Daniel Bryan is there and AJ Styles is there, but the gimmick gimmick wise, absolutely, he is the top thing going and probably aside from from Braun. He's the biggest thing going right now in WWE. And, he, right? and the thing about Rusev is that not only does he deliver in his character, he delivers in the ring. Mm-hmm. He is he is very solid. I'm not going to say he's fantastic or great in the ring, but he's very solid. He puts on good, engaging matches. And honestly, what more can you ask for in somebody? Uh, not only is he over with the crowd – but he puts on good matches. He's big. He's foreign. You know WWE loves yeah. their foreign. Uh, they usually do the foreign anti-American gimmick, which of course he did. He did, and he did so well. He did very well. John Cena put a cap on that, but it's not yeah. something that they can't go back to if they want exactly. to. But he's so he's such over so much over as a face right now, and it's so organic, and it's all him. And it's usually gimmicks like this and opportunities like this that the production crew kind of put a halt on because it's not their product. What Rusev exactly. and more so Aiden English, what he's doing for Rusev, it's it's mostly them. They're just getting the leeway to go out and do it. So it's hard to say how much of but it will continue to go on. I think, and hear me out on this one, big news has come out recently about Roman Reigns right. and his possible steroid uh, scandal going on in Miami that – it's, it's almost been a foregone conclusion that Roman Reigns might win the Royal Rumble and go and face Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Yeah. This news, this earth-shattering news could possibly timing. throw that in. It could throw the entire thing into out of whack, into oblivion, and we could be completely surprised by who went. I bet you right now WWE is scrambling out their ass to, one, find a new – they might put the title on the Miz right now, the the IC title, which then takes the Miz out of the running for the Royal Rumble, in yeah. my opinion, which sucks. Because I want to see the Miz win the Royal Rumble, and we'll get more into that when we uh, predict the yeah. Royal Rumble pay-per-view. But a lot of implications right now, Bubs. A lot of big things happening. And this is, and we're, we'll likely have to put off our prediction show leading up to WrestleMania just to kind of wait out the news that comes out from this Roman thing because this could be something very serious as far as if he's obviously if they do any type of investigation to prove that he's actually participating in the the steroid scandal or not at one and time. And I hate or another. it for Roman. Yeah, I definitely for- hate it for Roman. But if it's true, then WWE has to act. WWE has to put a foot down. And he's got to pay the price. Yeah, once again, because he was suspended uh, last year, the year... 2016. 2016. Okay, so um, we could be seeing a bit of a halt on the the Roman push for maybe a long-term period at this point, which opens the door to so many other things for so many people. But we will get into that actual prediction for the Rumble. That one is going to be hard to pick, but we will pick... 
when we do pick, we will pick our hard pick, which is the guy we both confidently think will win. And we're also going to pick a dark horse for that specific rumble as well. But we will get into that entire pay-per-view next week. Uh, It's actually two episodes away. We got some other stuff coming up later this week, which will get you guys uh, excited for some off-brand indie (laughs) stuff. But uh, yes, are you ready? We know you guys. I'm I'm ready. You ready to let's go? Let's go back and let's relive some rumbles here. Where do you want to start? Uh, If you don't mind, I'll go ahead and start. Yeah, kick it off. And uh, I'll go with my number five favorite rumble match, and I'm gonna go ahead and go all the way back to 1992. Okay. Uh, when the WWF title was on the line, much like it was in 2015, 16, 16, 16, um, WWF title was on the line here in this Royal Rumble. Uh, the winner, of course, was Ric Flair. It was. His first Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. Kind of, you know, he just joined the company. He actually came with the NWA <laughs> World Heavyweight Championship. Different times Bobby back then. So, so bad. Because Jim Hurd was an idiot running WCW <laughs> at the time. I wanted Ric Flair to be Spartacus and cut his, his hair um, and start wearing Roman armor. It was, oh God, that it was bad. Worked. WCW always has been bad. They had a two-year run where they were good, but other than that, it was always bad. So Ric Flair comes to WWF, and he immediately wins the Royal Rumble and wins the WWF title. Which I believe was vacated, didn't uh, yeah. Hulk Hogan just It was vacated retire? by Hogan. I'm not sure. I forget the actual storyline that went along with that, but I think it was Hogan's title prior to that. Didn't and he it, retire at that point? Or he went to do Blazing Th- or whatever that shitty show he went to film was, I believe. He might have had to drop it for those type of reasons, but I, I'm almost certain it was him that dropped the title because who the fuck else held the title then, of course. <laughs> but... um. This one's on Undertaker my list as well. Like two, two seconds. Yeah, this one is on my list as well, but I have this one much higher than you do. This is my really? this is my second favorite Rumble of all time. So I'll, I'll talk about oh, it wow. now with you. Okay. I'm actually no no no. I'll actually just say that the 90, 1992 Royal Rumble is my fifth favorite, and I'll just go ahead and wait until you get to okay. it so you can talk more depth about it because you, obviously you like it more than i do i do so i got some things to say about it that's very good so okay. let me let me plug in here bubs let me do my number five for you okay you go okay. ahead go ahead this one will mean a lot to you and i this is the okay. pretty much the peak of the attitude era this is 1998 we kind of talked a little bit about this okay. already this is stone cold steve austin this is the attitude era at its max there yes, still, it is. 100%. There were some, some older stars that were still popping in here a little bit that showed up for this Rumble. There were some newer guys mixed in, of course. This was a big change year for the WWE. A lot of newer guys were getting, I guess, uh, serious pushes is how to say it. Triple H, big push. The Rock, Austin, big pushes. God, Triple H, not so much a big push, but well, he would have kind a of push. But uh, he, yeah. he, he, he'd been moved up the card more, I'll say it. But um, Well, because you have to remember, he was still... Uh, wasn't he European champion at the time? He was still, still holder. Yeah. he was still under Shawn Michaels. Yeah, at this time because this was the Royal Rumble where Shawn Michaels uh, had his catastrophic back injury. Yeah. against Undertaker. Right, and that famous casket match, I think it was right that kind of took yes. years off the old career. This Four. was all a build, and thankfully they did this. This was um, how do I say? It? Uh, the Austin build was probably the best build of a character we've really ever seen, and it happened at the right time. 
So it was organic in that nature that it came at the right time because who it was who, perfect. Everything came together so perfectly. Who else? Who else are you going to put in the position at this point other than than Steve Austin, right? Other than maybe Undertaker at the time, but he was right. already feuding with Shawn Michaels for the title. So yeah. yes, you were one hundred percent right when you say everything lined up perfectly for Shawn Michaels. Uh, whoa, who? Austin had been been on the very slow but very, I guess, quick in a way, slow and quick grind from that King of the Ring that he won and finally putting the, the boots to old uh, Jake Roberts and then ascended into the star of the Attitude Era through 2001, 2002 when he officially retired. But this was a perfect time. This is the second one in a row, right? For, yes, because for he won Austin. the 97 one he, in kind of shady fashion. That's okay, though. <laughs> Is it? Is it okay? Yeah, it's fine. Okay. Anyway. But yeah, that's so. Wow. This, this match. This match was entertaining enough for me because of how over Austin was at the time. There was a, a. There was some lag in the middle. There were some stars that were just in there to be in there. But the changing of the guard here and that the atmosphere of the crowd. The crowd at this time for almost any pay per view was super hot. So I love this one. So you say that the 1998 Royal Rumble was the apex of the Attitude Era. However, I I will say that the 1999 Royal Rumble, it's not on my list. I'm just bringing this up. It's a the 1999 Royal Rumble was the absolute pinnacle of Attitude Era booking because okay. you had Vince McMahon. The, the whole story of the entire Rumble, Rumble match, including the video package that was played right before the Royal Rumble, and I was watching this at the gym uh, just a couple days ago, was – the entire video package was just Vince McMahon and Stone Cold Steve Austin yeah. and their feud. That was it. In fact, the entire match was built around those two. They were the very first two in, and then the en- entire thing revolved around it until Vince McMahon won the Royal Rumble Yeah, and actually went on to win the WWF title later on that year also. Um, but, but, what I, else, but what else was going on in 99, right? Like as far that, as storylines, that, story was, lines, the, that Rock, was the Rock and Mankind had a good feud. That was feud. the Attitude Era. And that was era. it. There was good tag there teamwork, was, but it there was, was Austin not, and Vince. There was not a lot of storytelling in the Attitude Era, and a lot of people don't realize that. But the Attitude Era wasn't very good for for stories. No, it was built on the you, people. Yes, you had yeah. Vince and Stone Cold. That was the only story. Other than that, you had. You know, Rock and Mankind fighting each other, then mm-hmm. teaming together. You had Triple H and his ascent. You had uh, Undertaker, you know, in his many faces. And this was, you know, Ministry Undertake, Ministry yeah. Taker at this time. So just the Attitude Era wasn't like people. People watch the Attitude Era or think about it with their nostalgia glasses and goggles just firmly planted on their face and don't realize that. The storytelling just wasn't really there. No, it really wasn't. But the reason that most of us still, even in this era, it's it's still our favorite time, was because of the star power that was going on. And the greatest feud that ever happened in wrestling, arguably, yes. is Vince and McMahon, though. So if, if that's driving your entire show and you put other things that are decent around it, it doesn't matter. The crowd's going to be there. They're all going to love it still. Yeah. I agree. So, you, so 1998... That's your number five. Yeah, not a bad one. Loved it. No. Okay. Uh, 
I guess now we go into number four, and I'm going to say my number four is the 2008. I believe it's eight. Right, Cena's big return. Yes. Correct. Madison Square Garden. Um, Madison Square Garden. Yes, that's one of the big, big reasons. That's what makes this Rumble so good to me. Is that you? It's in Madison Square Garden. Madison Square Garden. I can do this. Trust there me. There you go. Get through it. Yeah. Okay. Madison Square Garden is one of the greatest venues, one of the greatest arenas, sporting arenas of all time. No matter what sporting event is there, and the crowd is always good. The crowd is always into it, and you had the return, the surprise return of John Cena. Mm-hmm. For this Royal Rumble, he wasn't supposed to be back. He, he was supposed to be gone another three, four months after he tore his pec. Yeah, and and here he he comes in. At, I believe he was number thirty. He was last one in. Yeah, and yeah, and he eliminates Triple H and he wins the two thousand and eight Royal Rumble, which from from start to finish was solid. I I don't have many complaints about it. And a lot of Rumble matches, I have tons of complaints throughout, but this one was good from, or solid from start to finish, and just that ending in the pop, the pop that John yeah. Cena gets, just because no one was expecting that. He wasn't supposed to be back. He's super human. He gets the name Super Cena for a reason. And this was one of the things that proved that nickname true, and I thought this was a good, very solid pay-per-view uh, Rumble match. So this was 2008, and I can vaguely at this point remember kind of how the storylines were going at the time, how much – there was a lot less leakage of news on the internet at that time. People weren't saying, oh, Cena's going to be the surprise entrance. There wasn't a lot of that back then like there is today when you absolutely haven't – I mean everything's ruined for you basically on the internet. Because Cena, like you said, it was supposed to be legitimately more months that he was supposed to be out from that injury – and I remember watching it. I, I had the pay-per-view, and the it felt like the whole entire pay-per-view was built around, or the match at least, was built around Triple H winning. But when you yes. see Cena come out and return and the, and the crowd pop that he gets in Madison Square Garden is absurd. And you thought Cena was over before he left for injury. Well, now he's even more over at this point, and they let him go on and win. The, the pop itself kind of sets this, this match up on a pedestal. And rightfully can be in a top five era uh, of all time. The match for me was okay. I've watched this one a few times. I like Cena winning. The, it was definitely booked correctly. And But the, the pop is amazing to hear. If you haven't ever heard it, go back and, and watch the last six minutes of the Rumble. You'll love it. Yes. Completely agree. And that's why, like, like I mentioned earlier, that's why it made my list. And that's why... It made my list, but it's not high up there just because the next three I hold in such high regard that it it, it makes the list, but it definitely doesn't crack the top three by far. Okay. So about an hour before we started this, I had to switch these around because I did some, uh, some constructive thinking. Okay. So my number four is now my number three, and my three is now my number four. So four now. Same with my two and three. Okay. Okay. Now, you might have this one on there, but I'm not sure because, again, we, we haven't talked about this before, but I'm going to talk about 2010, Bubs. Oh, God. Oh, see, so you have a Really? Higher, okay, have this is perfect because okay. that's my number three, Bubs. So perfect. let's go so ahead and we'll get, get started on this. So this is 2010. Okay. This this is Chris Jericho's 
but it's not Chris Jericho's. It's not. It's going to be Edge's and Edge. But it still ends up Chris Jericho's at WrestleMania. Yeah, it does, right? And uh, this <laughs> this was an entertaining match, actually. I, I liked watching yes, this one. So and Taker was in there. I think Punk had a long, I think Punk was in this thing for a while as well. If I he, got he started it, and he was just eliminating people yeah. left and right. And this is the one where he's on the mic a lot, right? Talking. Yes, he yeah. has the so, mic. He he, yeah. he eliminates people, and then he just sits down in the middle of the ring yeah. and starts cutting promos. So I love this because of that. Because this Punk was still Punk was slightly over at this point, but you give a guy a, a venue like this to to do his thing in the middle of the ring in the Royal Rumble match. This mm-hmm. builds a character, and this builds what CM Punk later became years down the road, right? Even, he, yes. even though he'd already started this, he was still. This is when he had his stable. I believe the Straight Edge Society. Was straight, was yeah, yeah. it was very Straight Edge at this time. So it wasn't the Punk that we know to love for uh, pipe bomb reasons, but this was the the building of that character, and I love that. The Undertaker's in here as well, but Edge's return alone, the pop that he gets, the spear that he hits on Jericho, it's all great stuff, bub. So that I put it up on number four, but I want to know I want to know why you have it at number three. Talk to me. Uh, the build to it was okay. So before all of this happened, and I and I'm just going to go ahead and throw this out here. Uh, 2010 replaced the. So the 2010 2008 Rumbles replaced the 2007 Rumble. Uh, that's going to be an honorable mention for me. Uh, and really, the only reason I love that Rumble so much is the pretty much like the 15 minute match we get between Shawn Michaels and Undertaker uh, at the end. But what makes this 2010 Rumble so good? Not only do you have the great CM Punk showing, um, he gets to really show off his character, his mic skills. Uh, the crowd was eating it up. And I love when the crowd's into it. That's yeah. one of the things that makes a match to me. And uh, the crowd has always been solidly behind CM Punk. So you had that. You had So before the whole Chris Jericho Edge feud, they were tag team partners. Yes. They were tag team champions until Edge got hurt. And so going into this, no one thought Edge was going to come in. And Chris Jericho has been laying into Edge since the injury. And I think after that injury, he was that when he created Jericho was with Big Show or was that I don't think it was right after that, but But either he, way he Jericho goes heel on Edge. Though. Yes. Jericho just goes straight into Edge, pours into him, and but everyone's thinking there's nothing Edge can do because he's hurt. So it's kinda like there nothing bad can happen to Jericho. It's like the heel's not going to get his comeuppance that we desperately want. But Edge does make his return here, and the pop that the crowd gives him, Edge is a heel. Edge is 100% a much better heel than he is a face. But he's so good at just wrestling in general that the crowd gives him such an ovation when he comes back. And it's just that feeling that you get. When something like that happens, that the tingling that you get in your arms, the fluttering of your heart as the butterflies are flapping away, that it makes you feel when when the music hits, the crowd reacts. It's just it's it's for lack of a better term, it's orgasmic, bubs. And that's why this rumble is so high for me. Okay. Now, watching the end of this one, because I, I watched this one earlier in the week doing some research for this, and you've probably seen it as well. When the end of the match starts to starts to unfold, you get 
it was Cena, Batista, Jericho, Edge, and I think Kofi is in there as well. <laughs> there, there's always that outlier that I think they're Kofi pushing was, at the time. Yeah. And Kofi was definitely in that range where it's like, okay, we right. want to kind of see how he fits in this main event scene. Right, and the Big Show always hanging around. He was in there towards the end as well a little yeah. bit. But then it comes down to, I think, Batista, Cena, and Edge at the end, if I remember but, correctly. Yes. And you're thinking yeah. like, well... Even though Edge made a super return, Batista's got to win or Cena's going to do it again. And it doesn't happen like that because Batista and Cena have already had their – they've kind of had their battle when they both went over the top rope years ago. The 2006, yeah, the 2006 one. When Vince tore both of his quads. (laughs) And then you're like, that's a great moment by itself. But then you're like, okay, so it's Batista again. Here we go. But – they give the push to Edge, and he gets he gets the elimination. It is a Batista, I think, the last one. No, it was Cena, I think. Was it? Pretty sure. It was no, Cena. you're right. It was because it was, it was backwards. Yeah. Cena eliminated Batista. Edge eliminated Cena. And yeah. for a guy like Edge, I, I we talk about this a lot. His his ascent from where he started to where he ended is the perfect way that a model of a wrestler should be built from lower mid card to tag team to mid card to money in the bank, if you will, to, to the top of the card, winning and going to WrestleMania type shit like this. So I love this match. It's why it's in my top five. I understand why you have it as your number three, because Edge is one of yeah. your top three of all time. So exactly. a little Markism in there, but I, I like that. It, it is, and only because Daniel Bryan never won a Royal Rumble. Couldn't do it. Couldn't pull it off. <laughs> but uh, just verified, yes. Uh, Cena eliminated Batista. Mm. Edge eliminated Cena. Okay. But yes, and... I don't really have any more words to say other than what kind of what I, you know, antiquated earlier about why I feel so strongly about this uh, rumble. So since I've already given my number three, Bubs, you go ahead and give your number three. All right, and we talked about this one a little bit, or I brought it up already. And Swear to the... God. <laughs> what? Oh, what am I? What am I doing? What never am I doing? Never mind. <laughs> never mind. It's going to be ninety-two. I just know it. It's not ninety-two. That one's oh. higher up even still. So I'm, this is this is my Chris Benoit one. This is 2004. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, I like the fact that the rarity of coming in at number one or number two is only happened three times. Shawn Michaels did it at number one. Benoit did it at number one. Rey Mysterio did it at number two. So it means I think it means a lot, and it shows a lot of confidence by the guys in the back and Vince McMahon to let a guy go coast to coast, coming in number one, stay in well over an hour, and and end up beating, it was the big show he had very last in this match. Yes. And the big show is always going to be the guy to and put someone over. lasted so long. It was. That was like a 30-second elimination. It just took forever. This is the kind of, as far as storyline booking, this is, I think, the kind of the model that should be used more because Benoit had been a mid-card guy. He'd been a great tag team champ. He'd done a lot of great stuff in his career. But you give him something like this, a significant win at a Royal Rumble, and it puts him in that main event scene from now on. And what you get is, like I said earlier, one of the better triple threat matches of all time in a WrestleMania. If not so if you, the best. If, you, if not the best ever. So if you think that a guy can do that, like they pulled the trigger on Benoit, I think they should be doing things like that more in the era that we're in now. If you think a guy can put on a great match, an example is Cesaro. He never puts on a bad match. I'm not saying he's going to fucking win it, but he's always going to put on a good match for you, as is Seth Rollins. So if you think somebody can pull that off to you, and they're maybe not in that mid or they're not in that upper card scene yet, or they haven't you know had a long stay there, this is a great opportunity to do that. 
and I love the match. I love Benoit coming in number one and going the distance, and I, it's just very enjoyable to me. And then it it ends at WrestleMania, so the whole storyline for the 2004 one above, so I really liked. I like how you bring up Seth Rollins because now that they've unbanned the curb the curb stop, apparently, um, I think he hasn't won a Royal Rumble. It would almost be perfect for Seth Rollins to kind of win the Royal Rumble and have that hero's journey to go up against Brock Lesnar. Much like Chris Benoit, who was that journeyman. He had been all over the world. He was the Pegasus Kid in New Japan. Uh, He was... Oh, man, what was his nickname in ECW? Do you remember? The the Crippler? Didn't they just call him that? I don't think he was called the the Shooter. No, that was Malenko. That's, That's Malenko. Maybe he was the crew. Why don't I know Man, anything gonna, of him in ECW? I don't know. Okay. Anyway, um, he was in ECW. He went to WCW. He was part of the Four Horsemen. He was part of a great feud with Booker T in a, in a Best of Seven series for the TV title, which Love I was that. completely invested in because I was always a Crispin Wad guy. If you look at my top three uh, of all time, of course I would be a Crispin Wad guy. Yeah. And, of course, I can't add Chris Benoit into my top three just because of the uh, the circumstances of you know his demise. But And that's another reason why I can't put this Rumble in my top five. Because okay. I'm kind of – I take the WWE stance on this. But that doesn't take away for how, from how great not only this Rumble was, but the story that it told from here – to the to WrestleMania in that triple threat match, which we reviewed before. If you go back, Love it. this is one of our paper reviews about WrestleMania 20. Chris Benoit, he was perfect for this time. It was we're we're, we're getting away from the Attitude Era. Um, the main event scene is dominated by Triple H. In fact, the World Wrestling or the World Heavyweight Title scene is dominated by Triple H and Shawn Michaels. Mm-hmm at the time what better person to throw in there than chris benoit someone who is a an a plus wrestler he's about a b plus c minus you know talker yeah couldn't cut a promo to save his life but find him in the ring he'll fuck you up yes and around this time it was all about the wrestling yeah and so Chris Benoit goes coast to coast, which it can't be talked about anymore, unfortunately. But um, it was it was a really good performance, a really good showing, and it told a great story, not only at the Rumble, but all the way through WrestleMania. Right. Loved it, Bubs. It, Bubs, I believe he was really only known as the Crippler, though. I'm not – I don't know of any other – and I'm even looking it up here of other nicknames he, he went been. by. The he best be damn right. technical wrestler, Wild Pegasus, Rabid Wolverine, so – one yeah, you, you might be right. He, I think he, he might have been the crippler just because I think for a while all he was doing in ECW was hurting people, yeah, crippling yeah. them. That was kind of his thing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, great great rumble. What what more do you have to say about it? That's really all I have. I don't think we're going to see another coast-to-coast win for a long time, but I think that we should. Maybe not this year, but it should be that sporadic special moment, and whoever gets it should be somebody they believe in, and the storyline, more importantly, should pay off after that. Absolutely. And to caveat off of your uh, number three uh, Royal Rumble, you talk about Chris Benoit going coast-to-coast. 
My number two, one of my top three wrestlers going coast to coast, the very first to ever go coast to coast, Shawn Michaels, entering mm. number one in the 1995 Royal Rumble. Uh, um, I love this Royal Rumble um, from start to finish. It's very good. It's very well paced. You had him and the British Bulldog starting off. Love it. And people, I guess what the, what I'm trying to words I'm trying to find is that when I say it's perfectly paced, like the 1996 and 1997 Royal Rumbles, it took forever for anyone. Like it just, the pace wasn't there. Right. It was taking too long for people to get eliminated. Uh, eliminations weren't happening. I think the 97 Royal Rumble, I call, I was calling it as I was watching, it was like the the unelimination Royal Rumble. Because <laughs> people just were not getting eliminated. It was terrible. It was hard to watch. But 90, 1995, everything was kind of paced properly. You had – it was that moment where you have the star who's not quite a star. He's definitely not – uh, you haven't given him the the shot to main event, mm-hmm. but he's putting on great matches. He's the best wrestler in the company at the time, and you just give give the kid a shot. And that's okay. what they did with Shawn Michaels right here. Uh, Diesel was the champion going into WrestleMania. Uh, the story was there. Uh, yeah. Diesel used to be Shawn Michaels is uh, bodyguard. bodyguard, and so. They, they turned, and Diesel's now the champion, and Shawn Michaels wants to face him and prove that he is not only the best wrestler, in the, and I think he said this in his promo, he's the best wrestler in in the company, in the entire business, yeah. and he wants to prove that he could carry the company at the time. Okay. And I, I believe the winner won the services of Pamela Anderson. That was like the big gimmick. For that's, the, that's how for you market this. WrestleMania, is use her. And uh, also... Of note in that pay-per-view during the uh, Bam Bam Bigelow and Tatanka match oh. with One Two Three Kid and <laughs> Bob Holly for the tag team title. That was the start of the feud with Bam Bam Bigelow and Lawrence Taylor. Okay, which <laughs> so did bad something. I, I forgot about that. And um, that was just rough back in the mid '90s. '95 was a bad year, Bubs. And not I, this Rumble match. I like that you say that it's a bad year. Let me tell you why I hate this Royal Rumble, okay? Okay, I'm listening. So the only – there are two things that are good about this Royal Rumble match. Bob Backlund. No, there are two okay. things about this this match that are good. <laughs> that are, and that is Shawn Michaels, yes. and the other is the British Bulldog. So yes. what I want so you to them do, going coast to coast So the fact that they go coast to coast is, is astounding, but – since even though I watched the match, I just pulled up all the entrants into this match, right? Don't and you look, shouldn't do that. I should do that because the people should hear about this. The other twenty-eight individuals that come into this, the Don't only individuals you should look and care about on this list are Bob Backlund because yes. he's a former champion, Lex Luger because he had a stupid push. Okay, and, and he was a coach. He was the co-winner the year before. Okay, he was co-winner Bret with Brett. Okay, fair enough. And he left for WCW right and after. And then you, if you, if you're a fan only. Then Owen Hart is in here as well. So this Boom. was an absolute garbage match. And he match. got jumped by Bret Hart. Absolute garbage match. Now the story is 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 top notch. I am with you on that. The fact that the Bulldog never gets a victory, even though his ninety two one, which I will talk about here in a moment, is even better than this this event here. Um, the entire match is lackluster. 
there's there, there's no new star that's built out of this because Shawn Michaels was already on that rise. No, Shawn Michaels was the new star that was, was built he from out of this. It. Okay, he was or, not a big. He wasn't a huge star going into this. He had his WrestleMania 10 match with with Razor Ramon, and really, other than that, that was it. Okay, so even though he was on the rise already, is what I'll consider him. You can say that he was he was built from this, but everyone else in this match has a very much lackluster career. Okay, Billy uh, Gunn does more important things than most people in this match. Just by looking Fatu, at the names, uh, Rikishi. No, nope. have you ever heard of him? So Hall of Famer. Okay. Right. So I like the storyline that you're talking about, but that's the only important thing. I love that Shawn Michaels wins it. I love the ending. I really do. That's one of the better endings in any yes. Rumble match for sure. But aside that was from those the start two of the people, whole, I mean, with because that ending right there, Shawn Michaels with the scanning the cat. You know, he mm-hmm. was you know one one foot touching the floor. It was it was great, Bubs. From start to finish, this was the whole story was wow. How much longer can Shawn Michaels and British Bulldog last? Wow, these two have been in there since the beginning. And it was told, I think, very well from start to finish. You want to talk about people in this match? Um, Doink the Clown? Okay. Um, okay. Jimmy, Jimmy Del Rey? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh- <laughs> Why don't you mention Tom Pritchard? E- Eli Blue? Right. So this Come is on. the absolute worst Not, year in okay. WWF's years. Mantar was also in this match. Anyway, what I am saying is that, yes, as far as star power is concerned, this was not one of the better star power alone. No, this Rumble match should be nowhere near mm. anyone's top five. But the significance of it the very first rumble and the first one for a long time where an entrant started at number one and won the royal rumble that's a big deal the way that it ended with controversy you know Shawn michaels only one foot touching the ground that's a big deal and kind of what happened afterwards you so you had the Shawn michaels diesel match which was pretty good at WrestleMania should have been the main event. And then from there, Shawn Michaels went on to become who he was after this. Okay. I'm not going to try to persuade you anymore. Because you uh, won't. I won't. I get that. But let, Crush was getting a big push in 95. He was. Crush, they, Bob? They thought Crush might have been the next Hulk Hogan. Big dude. Don't get me wrong, but no character. No. He, he was awful. And they tried so many different kind of gimmicks with him. You remember his WrestleMania match with uh, Savage? Uh, Savage? Yeah. That weird-ass match that they had? Yeah, that was an odd... It's like the 10 minute he ends up hung in the back. Yes. Yeah. Terrible. Garbage. Let, speaking yeah. of garbage, let's get off this rumble. Okay. Let's move Use on. Some. Let's re... Let's re-talk about, basically... Two the, Blue Brothers. Are you kidding me? Let's talk about... Eli 90, and Jacob. 92 again, if you would, please, Bubs. My uh, number okay. two. I love the stipulation. Yeah. No, I don't like last year's Rumble, the 2016 Rumble, because the title was on the line, right? Yes. Now, I love the added stipulation. It makes everyone pay a lot more attention to it. 
but all the writing on the on the wall just smelled Triple H. None of us yes. liked it. No. Now, way back in the day, when there's a vacant title and you put the Royal Rumble gimmick around it, and you introduce a guy like Ric Flair, who's been the second most popular wrestler in that time, coming over to WWF from work in the territory in WCW and WA land, and he wins, I think it's a huge deal. Now, he comes in really early in this match, I think, as does my boy, once again, the British Bulldog. and Brutus the, bull- the Beefcake. Bar- oh, okay. My bad. Oh, that is your boy. That's not at all. The Bulldog was super over. It got a huge pop. It never culminates any at any time. It never happened Ever. for the Bulldog, except except for his main event at Wembley Stadium. Yes, yeah, against Bret Hart. He gets that. That's his biggest accomplishment. That was a great victory. That was a great booking call too. But um, you talked about it a little bit earlier. Hurt him. Man, you talked about it earlier, Bubs. I really like the '92 Rumble. I like Flair winning. Why not put it on a guy who has star power at the time? If you're not going to use Hogan, put it on somebody else. And it just really worked. I I just had to put in the plug for the Bulldog in this one because watching the match, he's all over the place. He's eliminating a whole bunch of people. So he was my dude. So what else about the 92 should you plug in here? All I want to say is, once again, this was the Bulldog being brought. He was number one. He was the first person into this Royal Rumble. Um, But the main takeaway, is Ric Flair lasted for over an hour yeah. in this Royal Rumble. Um, of course, the title was on the line, and this one was pretty star-studded. You had Ric Flair. Yeah. Uh, you had the Texas Tornado, Kerry Von Erich. That's right. You had Randy Savage, The Undertaker. Uh, Sid Justice was in it, Hulk Hogan. I mean, the this was a who's who just because the title was on the line here. And, of course, after this, I, I believe that was the Ric Flair-Randy Savage match at uh, WrestleMania mm. that year. Um, it, it had everything. I mean, you had you had the star power. You had the stakes. So you had the drama there. The drama was built in. It's for the title. Um, not, only, not only that, did you really think Ric Flair was going to win? No, I did not. Exactly. The, so not only was the, the star power, not only was the star power there, the drama was there, the surprise was there, which is which we didn't get in 2016. Mm-hmm. We all knew how 2016 was going to go. Yep. Uh, the only surprise there, and I knew AJ Styles was going to make his kind of debut there, and I was a huge mark for that. You know, I've always been an AJ guy, but other than that, that was the only surprise. Yeah. And it wasn't even a surprise. Yeah, the internet ruined it for most of us. 1992 had everything, though. I kind of this time frame. I I just can't get into a lot of matches back then. No, it's hard. The era wasn't. Which is why it didn't make it as high on my list. Right. Had it not been for the major names in this match, like yeah. you mentioned, Kerry Von Erich, that's a great example as well. Had it not been for the super amount of names that were in this match, I wouldn't have watched it three times yeah. and then Haku, obviously ranked Shawn it Michaels, so high. Like Volkoff, the list goes on. Yeah. 
Bubs, I think, I think we're going to agree maybe here on let's our number go one. Ahead and, yeah, let's just go ahead and jump to number one. It's my okay. number one. It's your number one, without okay. a doubt. Yes, you know it is. All right. Royal Rumble 2001, everybody. Yeah. It should be everybody's favorite Rumble match just because, man, did this thing have it all. I mean, it's dubbed the Hardcore Royal Rumble. Hardcore Rumble. The first half of it. Uh, Kane was just – Kane ran rough shot over everybody. Even came in. God, it was so good. We all knew who was going to win. Let's be honest. We all knew Oof. the outcome of that one. Stone Cold Steve Austin was always going to win the Royal Rumble if he wasn't the champion going in. It's hard for but, me to – to look back and, and feel confident that Austin was going to win going into this. Well, who else would you pick, though? The Big Show and The Rock were both, I think, the legit contenders. The Big Show wasn't going to... This wasn't 2000. 2000, 2000 I know what year it was. I oh well, Clearly, because I'm saying it's Royal Rumble 2001, right. you idiot. Idiot. Because you're so stupid. Okay. But Big Show was... I don't feel like Big Show was that big of a factor in this rumble not like kane boy did kane have a tremendous showing not right. only did he last i think he was like the the third or fourth i think no, something no like kane, kane come in at number six if we're going to talk about this this is this is mine to talk about then because you're going to fuck it up wow when, okay when first kane, of all you fuck yourself when kane second comes of all, in at number six and he eliminates them the record at that time yeah. you're thinking is this the year for kane you have to legitimately think that. Or did you think like, oh, Kane's just going to get eliminated at the end? Did oh, you not no. give him any credit to think that I, he could actually win here? I definitely didn't give him any credit. Because it's one of those things. As soon as you see who the final two are, you go, yeah. okay, Stone Cold's going to win, obviously. Okay. That's a great answer, But too. Kane – okay, so entrance 7 through 13 – were all eliminated yep. by Kane, including The Rock. Yes. Kane eliminated The Rock, who came in at 13. Uh, so the the final three were Kane, The Rock, the Ro and Stone Yeah. Most of those entrances there in the middle were like via a uh, like trash can or uh, yeah. some type of hardcore <laughs> weapon because Kane decided yeah. to bust out some stuff because what's your boy, Maven, or Maven, Raven, Raven, brought a wow. shopping cart no, full of Maven things. Maven was 2002, I think, or 2003 let's, when let's he drop-kicked The Undertaker yeah, out. Too soon. But there's yeah. a legitimate pick there, too, was The Undertaker, because The Undertaker came in late, I think yes, mid-20s mid or something. But Yeah, 25. Okay, so 25, you're thinking, okay, this could be an easy win for Taker here as well. But uh, this was so been. entertaining, Bubs. It was. From start to finish, you had Drew Carey. Yeah. In this one, he came out and tried to pay Kane yep. to. And he ended up just yeah. He ended up just eliminating himself. Yeah. Uh, you had like we call it the hardcore rumble because we did have a lot. The first half of the rumble was just all hardcore stuff because you had Jeff Hardy, Matt Hardy. Which okay, let's go ahead and throw this out there. That was the worst part of the rumble. Them wrestling each other was terrible. You didn't like it. It was god-awful. It wasn't they were fluid, horrible. that's for sure. They should have done better for being but, brothers. Let me reel off these names for you. All right. From number six, you had Kane, Raven, Al Snow, Perry Saturn, Steve Blackman, Grandmaster Sexay, and then the Honky Tonk Man. Let's forget about the Honky Tonk Man. Let's act like Honky's not even there. But those names alone 
It's the entire hardcore wrestling scene. It it's is. The hardcore title it's scene. every champion from the hardcore scene from the year prior. Yes. <laughs> but if you look at the people and, you know, going back to what we talked about, the 95 Rumble, the 92 Rumble, look at the people in the 2001 Rumble. It's kind of garbage. It's a lot of mid-card action mixed yes, in with have- Rock, Kane, Undertaker, Big Show. Exactly. You know who the final four, final five are going to be. It's going oh, to be mean, Stone you mean Billy Gunn? Gonna... Is that who you mean? Billy Gunn came. <sighs> That's my Billy boy. Gunn. <sighs> and then Austin comes out. Let's not forget about yes. Austin. Okay. But... Uh, actually, Austin came out before Billy Gunn. Yeah, okay. But uh, Austin got the shit kicked out of him, though, in this one. He was hurting. Yeah, Triple H came out and just beat the bricks off of him. Um, but yeah, a lot of people in this match. There was a because l- around this time, the entirety of WWE was dominated by mid card talent. You had your four, and I was just thinking about this earlier before we started. Um, the the main event scene was Austin, Rock, Undertaker, Triple H, and Triple H, and that's it. Those four. And yep. then everything else was just Albert, Val Venus. Test. Test. K Quick made made his way. Way back in the day. Old yes. veteran. Yes. Uh, young up and comer, K Quick. Uh, whatever happened to him? Actually, I didn't hear much about K Quick. Uh, well, he progressed into a different character after that. He actually became pretty successful. Oh, so he looked. He actually looks a lot like our truth. I think they're someone, related. Someone else, someone else who has a one letter and then a name after. Yeah. Or after that one letter. He could probably rap too. Okay. Um, anyway, the star power wasn't there. I'm just saying. Fair enough. This, but what made up for it was the action. It was this quick. This thing was great. Start to finish. Yeah. So good. And then the ending, I you kind of ending. thought to yourself. Maybe Kane can't do this. Yep, for half a second you have to actually think, okay, Kane has gone so far so long, like this is a year they're going to put it on him. And that's actually the start of the greatest wrestling promo video package that that they've ever done is the lead up to WrestleMania 17, right, between Rock and Austin. And this is when Rock lasted almost 40 minutes. Yeah, this is when the package starts is when Austin hits – Kane with I think it's two chair shots and the clothesline over the top. Yeah. So Kane, albeit he's going to be a Hall of Famer, he's great. He's one of our favorites of all time. He's never a guy you can kind of put in that main event scene at a WrestleMania and say, "Hey, go draw me sixty thousand in the Astrodome." But That's you can put him job. in a main event in any other pay per view. Any other pay per view, you're fucking golden. But here, yes. you need him to work the entire match. He's he's the one remembered for this match. It, it, Austin wins. I understand yes, that. One hundred percent. Kane when, is the when we star. Think about, when we think about this match, looking back, we're like, yeah, Austin won. But damn, I remember Kane. That dude lasted forever, and he did a lot of shit, which he did. And then he goes out to Stone Cold at the end here. So it's so entertaining to watch. It's very fast paced. Most of the match, Bubs. It's very quick. It is. It's just one thing after another, and. I believe you had Kane and Undertaker at one point working yeah. uh, with each other. It was just, it was so good. It was kind of the, it was the end of the Attitude Era. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it had everything that you wanted. It had, it had the fun, fast-paced action. It had 
the drama of the ending, where the final three are Stone Cold, Rock, and Kane. You know, who who else, like, at that moment, who do you think is going to win? You don't know. Yeah. With those three, it could be any of them. And it leads, and then the aftermath. We... The, the common theme through all of these is the aftermath. And then the aftermath of this WrestleMania it, or this Royal Rumble is one of the greatest WrestleManias of all time. Right. Not and only it, one of the greatest WrestleManias of all time, but what could quite possibly be the greatest WrestleMania main event of all time right. between The Rock and and Stone Cold because The Rock goes on to win the WWF title leading up to WrestleMania. Yeah, and that, that's the point I was going to make at the end of this as well was that this leads up to probably WWF's greatest uh, WrestleMania one-on-one -on -one match of all time, Rock versus yes. Austin. And you have Austin win it again here. And you know that he's – I mean him versus Kurt Angle isn't going to draw. So – or it will draw, but not nearly as much as rematch will, in 1999. But... Exactly. The feud that was Rock versus Austin, so they took the title off of Kurt Angle at No Way Out with The Rock beating him to set up the feud once again. And they were both face going into this, which was different from 99 when Rock was super heel at the time. Yes. And it didn't but matter. That they were it both led face. to one and of the most infamous moments yeah. in, in WrestleMania history. It did, which was a tremendous match. It leads to Austin turning yes. heel. Again, we've talked about that one as well in a review. It didn't necessarily work out the way they wanted, but it's still historic nonetheless. But the match itself is glorious. And it, the video, it is. The video package alone is is top five. <laughs> so go check it's that so out. Good. Everything about that main event of WrestleMania was spectacular. Um, the ending, if you watched it live, you thought to yourself, and if you took yourself back... You, you disconnected yourself from it. You go, wow, I can't believe Stone Cold did that. That's like, like, like JR said, one of the greatest calls of all time. Yeah. Stone Cold just shook hands with the devil himself. Yep. It was a fantastic match, a fantastic finish. Of course, the next you know year or so didn't live up to that match, but it didn't matter because WrestleMania is the season finale. Yeah. Of WWE's year. And so it was the perfect season finale, and it all happened because of this Royal Rumble match. We don't get the greatest WrestleMania uh, WrestleMania of all time, the greatest WrestleMania main event of all time, if it's not for this Royal Rumble match. Right, so if you haven't seen it, go ahead and throw yourself back to 2001, watch the Royal Rumble, watch the pay-per-views after this watch some of the storyline build into the wrestlemania you will absolutely enjoy it it's it's one of the better years of wrestle of wwe at yes. least that year tremendous maybe, maybe one of the best years of all time it could honestly. be and that whole card is stacked full of greatness and the main event just caps it off perfectly some people thought vince mcmahon turned face that's how as, as weird as that may sound to some of you that's actually what a lot of people thought was happening but it wasn't the case so good rumble there bubs Yes, absolutely. And of course, it's our number one. It's both of our number ones. We think alike, and I think it was always going to be both of our yeah. number ones. It was at least always going to be on both of our lists, but of course, it was our number one. And not only was it a fantastic Royal Rumble, but as I keep saying, the aftermath is what makes 
a Rumble so special. Now, what we want to know is what's your favorite Royal Rumble match? You can go ahead and let us know on Facebook at Collar and Elbow Wrestling or on Twitter at CAE Wrestling, where we will most likely be putting up a poll here soon asking what your favorite Royal Rumble match is. So go ahead and find us on there. You can also find us on Instagram. Just search Collar and Elbow Wrestling. Let us know what you want us to talk about in the future. You know, we've got some big episodes coming up, but we also want to know what you want us to talk about. This is a fan show, a show created by fans, built by fans, for fans. So please let us know what in the world of wrestling you want us to talk about. We do this for the love of wrestling, and by God, together, we can make wrestling great again.